We are Wrestling Elitist. I'm your co-host, Alex Gibson, alongside the only man higher than inflation, Sean Nash. What's going on, my friend? What's happening? Definitely, definitely high up there. Uh, it does feel good to be back. Um, as you notice, uh, it is a two-man booth today. Uh, and I think it's going to be that way for a considerable amount of time. I don't know exactly how future. long. Yes. Um, so there was an incident. Um, we had our company outing, our holiday party at uh, the Quick Lane Bowl this past Monday, the 26th, right after Christmas. Entertaining Chris, a client. Uh, yes. Entertaining a client, a longtime listener as well. Chris made the bright idea. He, had the, he was smart enough to not drink prior to the game uh, when, we on, when we went out to lunch, anything like that. Didn't drink at the game. Better man. His phone every now and then. At one point, he comes and sits down next to me after he went and got like nachos or something. He goes, I should probably check my phone and looks at it. And his face looked like the Undertaker's gong just hit. He, <laughs> uh, he got a text from his wife that uh, the baby was coming and it was uh, it was happening right then and there. So uh, the wrestling elitist population has grown by a little more. Huh? Get it? Yep. And uh, <laughs> we're excited. To, we're excited to foster his wrestling knowledge and his fandom yeah i think it's gonna be a good life for that kid i think chris said that he's already watched an aj styles brian danielson match from roh or something like that so he is great place to start he is in the thick of it as a fan already and that's good to hear Uh, that neck beer's growing already (laughs) he's gonna go into the family business so We're excited for him. He's going to be on uh, paternity leave for the time being. So we put his head through a cinder block. We wrote him off TV. We'll, we'll see him when we see him. Uh, we miss you, Chris, and uh, hope all is well with you. To the fans, please uh, please check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling Latest Podcast, uh, as well as our website, WrestlingLatest.com. The last few weeks, we pretty much took uh, took off. We didn't really watch. I didn't watch a whole lot. It's the didn't write a whole lot. It's the holidays, um, but uh, Chris, bless his heart, he still went ahead and did Wrestle Kingdom uh, ratings. So if you want to go check those out, those are already up. I'm not sure exactly how we're going to be handling the rest of the star rating things. I think Chris was really good at doing those articles. Um, I think he has a good mind for that stuff. So we'll have totally. to figure out how we're going to how we're going to do that moving forward while he is out. Uh, but we will be keeping up with all of that, keeping up with the website. Um, we are happy to be back. Like I said taking a little bit of a break. I, f- I felt really energized watching last night's show. Um, totally. So please make sure you're sharing the podcast with your friends, uh, whether it's uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we're leaving us a rating. Let everyone know that we're the world's best podcast. And if you disagree, we'll kick your dicks in the dirt. Just like uh, Hangman told Mox. Bad way to put you down. <laughs> uh, Sean, why don't you go ahead and uh, let everybody know the plan for today's show? We will always give you our news, match, moments, cringes of the week, and leave you off with what we're looking forward to, along with some other little hitters from the week and the the past couple weeks, because it's just been a holiday bonanza. So there's not been a lot of time to talk about everything that's happened. But here we are on a Friday. Listen to us all weekend. Enjoy our sounds for your tailgate, your pregame, for the Lions beat the, the Packers on Sunday. Take a listen. Yeah, new year, new us, new uh, show times, new set, new new sleek look, which we will uh, discuss as well at the at the end of the show. We'll talk about that uh, the new the new look for AEW. But let's jump into it. Non AEW news. Uh, oh, we had the same news of the week, but I'll let you kind of start with it, Sean. What did you have? Oh yes, uh, formerly known Sasha Banks, Mercedes Money Monet. However, it's going to be said. Yeah. Um, 
because it's spelled M O N E. Was that a typo or is yeah? Is that but right? I think it's got a, a. I think the E has a a little thing that, over it, a tilde or yeah, something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll give <laughs> um, She up. She appeared at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Is it seventeen? I can't remember what number they're on now. Yeah, I think but, so. Uh, she showed up after the IWGP Stardom Women's Championship uh, match. Kyrie won. Got a little face to face. Saw the uh, the new finisher she's going to have. Got a little botched on it, but uh, I'm sure they'll get cleaned up before their match at a uh, Battle in the Valley. Whatever it's going to be. Excited Dally in the here. Alley. Dally in the Alley. Hell yeah, for you <laughs> Detroit people. Um, it's uh, it's exciting to kind of see her over there. I think Stardom kind of needs someone who is pretty popular in the u.s fandom realm that like get some more eyes from this side over there because i mean there's just too much wrestling it's hard enough to try and watch new japan on the regular that adding in stardom isn't in my foreseeable future but definitely mercedes money puts a little more interest in my eyes what did you think yeah, I think it, it moves the needle a little bit in terms of uh, interest in watching some more stardom stuff, watching that uh, that New Japan show. I think it's a little interesting that it's such a big debut and everything like that, and it was a five-minute kind of nothing match. Uh, kind of an interesting choice there. You'd think that you would have had that be a little bit more of a build. I saw some people shitting on the debut, um, but overall, I thought it was fine. It was uh, the worst-kept secret in terms of what was happening with her and Mm-hmm. And especially with a couple hours before the show, she put out all of her thank yous, changed her name fully uh, on, you know, on everything. So she was she no thought, longer She thought she had the time zones figured out, but uh, not so much. <laughs> she fucked it up. Uh, and so I, I think that it, it was all it needed to be. It sucks that she had the botch, but it's fine. Um, yeah. Her theme, I, I liked the instrumental. I liked yeah. the the sample. I didn't love the ad libs over it. Uh Hopefully that gets money. fixed, especially. Yeah, money, money. It just didn't really seem to flow for me, but that's neither here nor there. I think sure. that it's, it's very exciting to have her here, and it kind of leads into, obviously, what happened yesterday on uh, Dynamite, where you know it's, everyone's been thinking that that's who Soraya's partner is going to be. It's going to be uh, Mercedes, and then especially with her actually debuting uh, the other day, that kind of made it feel even more real, right? And then... Uh, you see the two sit downs, right? So you have Britt who says something about you think you're the boss and then literally winks at the camera. Come on. Um, And then after that, Soraya announces her partner as Tony Storm. You and I were texting during that. It feels like something's going to happen. Sheeta's going to attack Tony, which is going to then mean that Sasha or Mercedes ends up being the new partner or something like that. Or maybe Mercedes comes out at the end, something like that. I saw some speculation online where it was there's there's no way that it's going to be her. She's you know that they did that because they didn't want fans to be upset when Mercedes doesn't debut. It still doesn't make sense to me because a why would you be doing this? Why would you have held off on this match for a month? Yeah, and b why would you do that boss wink? That wasn't a live promo. That's tease it even more. Yeah, exactly. That's something that was taped. And it goes along with how they've teased some people in the past, right? When you think about mm. Punk and uh, Darby's um, promo about, you know, even if you're the best in the world yeah. and Bow Wow, even w- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like all these things, I think it, it, it would be very weird to me that they didn't even go further out of their way to make sure people knew that Mercedes wasn't showing up. If that was the case, um, it, it just, it feels like 
they're kind of backed into a corner where they it has she has to make an appearance in some form if they're doing you know literal winks to the camera yeah they're gonna so, they're gonna keep touting their women's division in these in the past two um little vignettes that they've had there you do nothing but uh kind of diminish your roster if you don't add her so just you got to do it bring her in yeah and it'll be interesting to see i i'm I, I she was probably my favorite of the uh the four horse women kind of I originally so. i think becky obviously became a big star but i still think sasha was the more intriguing wrestler good uh, character something that yeah. was fun that thing she would yeah. do with her hands yeah yeah so we'll, we'll uh we'll kind of be keeping an eye on that and, and hopefully she de- debuts i know i'm technically not allowed to talk about it i promised i wouldn't if she didn't debut with um with the bow wow stuff Bow-wow. that i think has died is that even a thing anymore i can't, like i can't remember where we left off on that but i thought he was like i'll see you later when we i, I could have swore it. he was like i'll see you next week and that was that was a month ago so mm-hmm. um probably maybe had, they realized that he uh he's not quite the draw yeah probably stuck on southwest commercial can't uh can't get out of wherever <laughs> brutal <laughs> uh moving on to our match of the week um, we had different matches of the week, uh, yes. probably because I haven't seen yours in full yet, but I have I a feeling so. if I did, I would, I have a feeling if I did see it, it would probably be mine. So why don't you go into yours? Yeah. Sticking with Wrestle Kingdom the other night or morning day, whenever it happened, uh, Kenny Omega defeating Will Ospreay for the, the IWGP US title. Uh, the whole time that this match was hyped up, I did not expect Will Ospreay to lose. I, I, even throughout the whole match, I was just waiting like, okay, he's going to eventually get five hidden blades in a row and win. But it's not how it happened. And it didn't even happen like a normal New Japan match where you have a 10, 15 minute feeling out process. So awesome to see that happen. Uh, great, great uh, involvement on the outside of the ring using the um, the corner that's exposed. Just Kenny looks like he hasn't really missed a step in three years in a new Japan ring. He uh, might be a little bit of an unpopular opinion, but I'd almost rather see him in a new Japan ring. It just kind of seeing him back there just kind of fits his style. He's such an aggressive person and his moveset is just so diverse and just brutal looking that he's just perfect there. So maybe he'll stay there for quite a bit with this title. Who's we'll, we'll see on it. Um, The V trigger hidden blade basically just, the same move, just different appendages. They they both were throwing them all out there. Will Osprey had a great um, like double tap with it, hitting front and back. Loved it. Two great phenomenal wrestlers. This is this is definitely easily match of the year candidate already. And we're on the fifth day of the year. It's it's a great start. And then to see the next night, uh, Osprey's tagging with Okada at New Year's Dash. Just what a crazy oh, Omega, right? Omega. Yeah, yeah, Omega. Did Ohio? I say Osprey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Omega and uh, see, it doesn't even compute in my mind. How can these these two tag? Just what what a world! Great, great to see. Did any of the highlights kind of stick out to you? And or what was your match of the the night? Yeah, yeah. From a highlight standpoint, that top rope DDT was oh my gosh, yeah, just absolutely insane. And I I saw the caption was top rope DDT, and I had an image in my mind of what it would look like, and I thought mm. that was going to be brutal. This was ten times crazier. Um, the trust that those two have to have in each other is insane. Um, mm-hmm. I, I started this podcast, not a fan of Will Ospreay and, you know, and what I've Same. seen from him in AEW and the limited stuff I've watched outside of that since he has really kind of turned me. I still think of him as that guy that faced Ricochet where they just did a bunch of like Spider-Man poses. Right. And for me, that just, that just doesn't do a whole lot. 
Um, so he has become a, a truly, r- really, really talented wrestler. I saw a rumor recently that he actually loved his little time that he spent with AEW uh, when you know they were kind of doing New Japan stuff and that he would consider uh, making the jump over. I would love to see that. Um, him and Jay White are just two guys that I think you know, deserve to be on uh, television every week or not every week, but, you know, uh, being, a, being a big part of the show. So used on us television for sure. Yeah, exactly. And um, my match of the week was from dynamite. Uh, it was a rematch of one of our favorite uh, Lucha underground matches of all time. So it was swerve versus AR Fox, um, you know, swerve to me is the WWE guy that has come over and made the biggest impact as compared to what he was in WWE. Like obviously FTR has, they've been great, right? But everyone expected them to be great. I expected Swerve to be solid. He's been incredible. He's such a good villain. Um, yeah. And in AR Fox, it's really cool to see him, you know, actually get some TV time and, and do what he does. That death, that death Valley driver on the outside of the ring was yeah nasty. Um, and then obviously like, this, the double stomp that Swerve does, I just love that. He does such a good job of it looks brutal, but then if you're like watching it like with from like a critical eye, like you could see how it's still safe. Like he doesn't actually land on them. It's it's perfect. It's perfect for him. It's perfect for his character. I love him. I loved the fact that uh, Taz kind of made fun of the fact that nobody knows that one guy's name but, called yeah. him Painted Face Man or Painted. Yeah. Yeah, painted, painted face henchman or something. Yeah, painted face uh, man henchman or something like that. Like it was something where he called him a man and a henchman. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I still think that those two dweebs that are with him could be dropped. You could you could put somebody better, but overall, I, I loved just these two. They have great chemistry. They're both super impressive, and I, I think Swerve is somebody that. Um, you know, right now we're seeing this rise of Ricky Starks. I, I hope that Swerve is bookmarked for something similar over the next year or so to where he becomes a legitimate contender for a main title. Still in a heel role compared to uh, like Ricky Starks face turn. Yeah, I, th- I think he's a good heel. I think he does yeah. a good job of like he doesn't have to be MJF where he's a heel because of the way, you know, what he says on the mic and everything like that. He's just got a heel demeanor uh, swagger. Yeah. Yeah, his yeah. cockiness and everything like that. And then, you know, you could turn him face, have him be a tweener type of thing in the future too. But mm-hmm. um, I, I really like Swerve. And, you know, we've we've been watching him since the Evolve days. You saw him at Defy. Yep. Um, he's he's really become just a super impressive wrestler. And um, Yeah. Get the rights and, to yeah. uh, Ain't Nobody and uh, Shaka uh, Khan. And let's play that. Turn him face then. Then that'll be. Have the whole crowd singing. Lord like help Jericho. the uh, yeah. If if we're in the crowd when that music hits one day, come on, Shaka. I can't, <laughs> I can't promise that I'm not going to be doing like some sort of like a uh, some sort of like what what are those like things that they do at the wedding where like everybody like gets a, like a train or whatever is that what it's called? Um, like where you're oh yes um yeah a train where you all like yeah like yeah a big I, snake I, yeah I, yeah some uh, train just through the through the crowd with 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 swerve that would have to happen. <laughs> um, Remember at Chris's wedding, we were begging the DJ, and he was like, "Fine, oh. if you guys will shut the fuck up, I will, I will play." I will just, just do it. It works. Just do it. Yeah. Um, moving on to our moment of the week, uh, Sean, what did you have? Um, mine 
I got to really just give a shout out to that, that Seattle crowd that was, they were on from the beginning with that Jericho match singing out loud. And then once Ricky Starks came out, they were loving him and he had too many hometown heroes for them to, to cheer on. I I think even ref Aubrey is from Washington, Seattle. You have her in the first match. You got Brian Danielson later and then Darby Allen later winning the match. And even Nick Wayne got a little appearance. Uh, the 16, 17 year old kid he is just great to see him. Great to see Samoa Joe be the heel he is and attack him like that. That was just perfect. But I've gone to Seattle for two shows, as we mentioned in Defy, uh, both times, probably fantastic shows. One of some of the best independent shows that I've gone and seen myself. And it's pretty much because of the the people they got, the the little venue that it was in and the people there, they were just, they're wild. And it's good to see them get like a, a good show, not just the, the classic retread WWE show that comes to town, but something that was really awesome, really fun and just wall to wall excitement throughout the whole show. It was, they, they were hot and it, it, this is why it pays off to not go to Chicago every third week of the year. Uh, because right. got, it was a crowd that hasn't gotten a chance to have an AEW show. They delivered, Hopefully we get some more of that and less saturation in, in like the Chicago and, and New York areas and we get a chance to see more crowds like this because they were from the very get-go. I mean, even just chanting at Mox, we can't hear you. Um, yeah, yeah. They got, a pro- they, got, they got a technical problem fixed because they were so into it. So I, I think that they did a great job. And, and Nick Wayne, I was surprised that they didn't do something where there's maybe like a ref bump and he comes in and does like some type of a, you know, insane a triple moonsault to hit Samoa Joe. My guess is because he's 17, they couldn't. Uh, But either way, kind of cool to see them just like show him, have Samoa Joe shoving him around, you know, maybe just kind of putting some stuff down for the future. Yeah. It's uh, just like when um, the WWE would have like the Baltimore Ravens out the offensive line sitting out front. Like that's cool to have the, the local local legend. Yeah. Remember, uh, remember Nicholas who ended up tagging with Braun Strowman at WrestleMania. Oh yeah. Kid was a plant. <laughs> uh my my moment of the week was uh the MJF and Brian Danielson uh kind of promo battle. I, I think I said a few weeks ago before we uh before we went on a break that I was not sure how I felt about Danielson on the mic against MJF, how he would hold up. I thought he did a great job. Um I'm really, really excited for the upcoming you know, kind of match that they'll have at uh, Revolution, assuming he passes all the tests. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. An Iron Man match, sixty minutes. That'll be fantastic. I I love the idea of getting to see Danielson wrestle for the next, um, you know, what every week for six six weeks or something like that, yeah. uh, leading up to that. And it's not um, Blackpool Combat Club stuff. That's pretty much dead to me. So very excited to see kind of where that heads. But I loved uh, specifically when MJF made a comment about uh, um, Danielson's mom and and her uh, looking for a male suitor, and then uh, and then Danielson retorts with, uh, "Well, MJF, your mother has had a lot of male suitors," and said, "Enough to fill the stadium." In fact, I think a lot of them are here. Got the whole crowd into it. Just it's like those are kind of corny, like the Rock style, like jokes and promos. But I just it was a side of uh, Danielson that you don't really ever see. I feel like typically it was yeah, kind of a little we, bit more goofy. And, we kind of got I, it I a little when we kind of got a little in uh, WWE. Like once he was done fully with the Yes Movement, he's got got the titles and passed that and went into the um, 
environmental friendly champion, whatever. Yeah. He kind of did a little Pickle. bit of it, but this was fun to see, fun to to get him on the mic. And I mean, yeah, those the trials that he's going to have to go through, starting off next week with Kanosuke Takeshita. That's awesome start. Oh, it's it's going to be nice to see how you can even top that. It's going to be a banger. It's going to yeah. be so good, and and I'm excited for it. And I like that even they they acknowledge when. MJF said, like, I'm, I know I'm known for making people run through hoops, blah, 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 but this is what you need to do. I, I just, I like when they acknowledge what, when there's, you know, tropes that they have and everything like that. It's, and we'll talk about a trope in a minute, um, in my cringe, but it was a, it was a good segment. I'm excited for what's to come, getting to see Danielson wrestle and them have meaning. I think a lot of what he's done has felt kind of like, they're like, Hey, well, we just have this really good guy. So let's send him out there to wrestle. So now there's going to be some meaning behind it. He's going to face some talented people like Takeshita and uh, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, let's go into things that we're not looking forward to, things that we're unhappy about, didn't like. What did you have as your cringe? Uh, mine was the the ass boys coming to the ring, doing their uh, eulogy for the FTR. Uh, speaking of a trope, just it's it's done. It's over, been overused too many times of this. So I've, I've killed them, put put their dick in the dirt. But uh, we all know. And then they do the the fake the out fake music. music it's just it's been used so many times. It's that Bailey, this is your life segment that they've everyone's done. It's yeah. overdone. What the hell was the short ass boy wearing? Uh, I'm a, I like weird fashion, but the, the the oversized jacket, the too short short or pants when you're pretty short as hell, and your brother's wearing like a, a, a Jehovah's Witness <laughs> starter pack. It over it uh, and uh, keep FTR. If I could have made one birthday wish while we were gone, it would have absolutely been for FTR to keep all their titles and uh, not ever be involved with the ass boys again. But uh, unfortunately. Didn't didn't wish for that, and this is what we've gotten. Yeah, I tweeted this out from our show account yesterday, but somehow both of the gun brothers look like they're the ugly brother. I don't know how that. I don't know how the fuck that works. Uh, but also, uh, a little bonus cringe is is dedicated to Chris. Actually, um, he's been making fun of you for as long as we we've yes. known him. For the fact that your birthday is the day before Christmas, also known as Christmas Eve, uh, and now has buddy. a child born on day Boxing after. Day. Boxing Not day. much better, my friend. At least mine still has better. Christmas. Like you, Christmas is overdone and used by the time it gets to your child's birthday. Now, what His did you, what did you do? Is, it's it's just a it's a British holiday. Shout <laughs> out to all of our British fans, but um, it's not even well known here. So, uh, and then also another bonus cringe. OSU's kicker. Uh, but my yes. uh, actual my actual cringe was the overbooking of that AEW title uh, match. Well, yeah, we were they were, this one too. Uh, yeah, I, I get what they were doing, right? I understand they wanted to set up a battle of the belts match. I also understand that Jeff Jarrett right now is one of the few heels that actually truly gets heat. I think he's actually done a good job as much as I don't love Double J. I hated his reign of terror. I was a fan of TNA back in the day when yeah. he was doing his reign of terror and, and had to suffer through that. So I get a little bit of a flashback every time I hear that guitar riff to start his, uh, his music theme. But either way, I think that he's done a really good job, but here's, here's the problem. I hate the idea of another ref coming out to help reverse a decision due to cheating when that could happen every match. There was already a right. match that had 
prior to that had some sort of interference, right? So uh, why are you then doing it there? And then the acclaimed cheat to win, and that doesn't have a ref come out to fix that. So it just makes zero sense to me. It's it's overbooked in that case. Mm-hmm. I think there was a way to do a dusty finish uh, if that was what you were looking for that gives that fear, but somehow uh, it's it's still done in the right way. I just, I don't like this idea of another ref coming from the back to point out that that happened, unless you're going to do that every single time, which you're not going to do. Totally. Totally. Um, speaking of bonus cringes too, um, I, I can't be, I'd be remiss if I don't talk about how bad battle of the belts five Uh, looks, I, it, there's just zero care put into it, but why, why do this match Wednesday? If you're going to do it on Friday again, just, do it then don't do this fuck finish two times in a row yeah it was it was going well like like you said jeff jarrett's hasn't been awful i've kind of liked his promos that he's done but still just has the stank of a, an old timer coming into the the new new buck show uh hopefully they put on a good match this time around but uh, i'm over it well and look here's one other thing i the last thing i want to do is put a friend of the show in the cringe of the week Mm. And we have a new friend, friend of the show, member of the Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett's crew. It's true. Um, I, I, uh, I was lucky enough to be in the airport with Satnam Singh this week. And, uh, you know, as a boots on the ground, um, you know, first correspondent. correspondent. Yeah. Foreign correspondent. Um, yeah. I, I am here to tell you that he is as large as uh, he looks on TV. <laughs> that is not, those are not angles. He is a very, very large man. Um, and I, I did not say hi to him, though. I didn't want to bother him. But uh, absolutely uh, was kind of cool just to be standing next to him for a second. And uh, I also really appreciated the fact that he wears his own merch. Nice. Nice. Someone's got to. That's good. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, yeah. He's got to be a hard person not to spot in an, in an airport coming from wherever the hell it is. Like, that's way too tall. This, But uh, good on you. You're you're good at spotting wrestlers in, in airports, not chasing them down or anything, but just by yes. happenstance. Uh, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have been able to to- tell Kyle O'Reilly he's awesome leaving a, a plum market. Just, yeah. Yeah. just the luck, or... you, luck you have in an airport. I know it's getting to a point though, where it's going to start to look like I'm following them and uh, it, just happens, it just, it just, it just happens to be luck, man. I, I swear to you, it's, uh, it's not something I do on purpose. I love, I love running into them. And I think it's kind of like, it's funny because I'm not somebody that'll ever go up to somebody. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter who it is. Uh, when we ran into the NXT roster, the only people that I said anything to were the people who could just see my jaw on the ground because I was watching <laughs> Keith Lee walk by. Um, you know, so he gave me a fist bump and I think Roddy did too. Um, that was just ridiculous. Once we found out, like they are, they're sitting in the same terminal as us. What the hell's going on? And then we're like, Oh, we're we're at the same flight. We're sitting. I was actually, yeah. I was like, are we a part of the NXT roster? I I, like, does this make us them? Uh, so it, it's, uh, it's kind of cool too, just because they aren't typically, I mean, from what I've seen when I've run into them, they aren't typically bothered. Um, so it's like you're famous enough that people are looking at you, but not quite that they're bothering you. So, um, Satnam, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to say hello. Um, maybe he's a fan of the show. Who knows? So, um, yeah. Well, moving into our anticipation, we had the same one, but Sean, I'll let you start with it. Um, yeah. Next week's match seven, game seven, Escalera de la Muerta. We've seen it once. I think we watched the first one at your your house. 
before a AEW Dynamite was a thing with uh, the Young Bucks and uh, oh, at all out. Yeah, it was all out. Yeah, uh, Death Triangle minus one point. Just that's going to be a crazy match. I can't believe Kenny just did his match in in the Tokyo Dome. Had a, another match the night next night. He's going to come back for this. Just it's going to be put through the ringers. Uh, a lot of a lot of brutality probably going to come from this match, but. It's going to be a hot one. And like we mentioned earlier, also the Danielson and Takeshita match, that's, it's going to be a fun week again. So it's going to be fun to talk about it hot and fresh next week. Yeah. Yeah. They are going uh, all out. No pun intended for, for this LA show. I for think LA. it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good one. And and that's part of why going back to our news of the week, like I would hate for there not to be any sort of uh, Mercedes or Sasha Monday. appearance because it would, it would, put some sort of a um just a little bit of like an asterisk almost on that show because people mm. are expecting that so little stain hopefully there's yeah hopefully there's something and, and we'll probably know i think come the end of uh rampage or battle of the belts if uh Sheeta does something to attack tony as a little bit of a hint that it's happening or not so my same anticipation though i think that match is gonna be saying i i actually almost didn't set it as my anticipation because i'm slightly scared of what's to come uh, because the first one was so crazy. There was a uh, Canadian destroyer off the top of a ladder. Uh, and now you're adding Kenny and Pac into this, who are two other guys that are not afraid no to lost. Um, yeah. I'm just like wondering how high of a ladder we're going to see a uh, black arrow off of. And um, it's going to be a, a wild match. I am going to go ahead and say that I believe that. Uh, I think that the death triangle wins. I think it makes sense for it kind of being hometown for the bucks to win it, but I don't know. I just, part of me is like, at this point, do you, do you bother putting those titles back on them or do you just kind of move on? Yeah. Part of me wants death triangle to win at this point. Just like some of the matches and the stuff that they've done, I've really enjoyed. I kind of like the accepting the the heel role and using the weapons when it's not allowed and when it is allowed but uh i i am kind of liking them but i i I just kind of see the elite winning that's la it just seems so weird that we've gone all this way to not do it it's interesting i feel like we see uh wwe and AEW are the exact opposite wwe if someone's fighting for a title in their hometown guaranteed to not win yeah AEW, it feels like They'll they'll give you you'll, your match will be main event and then you'll you'll get the W mm-hmm. and you got to have that not happen every now and then so it'll be interesting um, and either way I mean whatever way they go both I'm these, happy both these teams have bangers yeah um, I'm officially 2023 Alex is a fan of trios matches I I support them so whoever wins I'm sure will be doing great great matches with the painted face man and um, uh, Parker Boudreau and Swerve. In the future. Oh, so oh, I'm thinking House of Black. So yeah, we're going both different directions. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, House of Black too. <laughs> but um moving into some things that did not fit into our segments. Um Dax Harwood is uh officially uh, our competition. Oh, colleague competition. competition. Yeah, depends yeah. on how you look at it. Uh he had his podcast come out first episode, talked about punk and kind of all the of stuff course. that happened, their relationship. Uh, I thought it was a little bit uh Carnyish uh, to the way that they, um, the, the way that they presented it originally, it sounded like Punk was going to be on the podcast to kind of give his thoughts, which would have been very intriguing. But it ended up just being 
Dax giving his his thoughts on things. There's some there's some rumors and innuendo that it's caused some drama. My big thought on it is that doesn't make a whole lot of sense for somebody who is currently in the company to be doing a podcast that covers the drama, covers all of that stuff, because there's three sides to every story. Everybody's got emotions about it. And it it just it just doesn't it doesn't seem like it it builds to a positive uh, work environment, I guess sure. as a uh, <laughs> as, as somebody who's working as an HR representative. Yeah, like it just doesn't feel like something that you should be doing if you want to help mend fences. Um, I do agree with his sentiment that I, I would love to see Punk and the Bucks be able to work this out, make this just a mega feud. Doesn't seem like there's much appetite for for that. Um, and then there was a rumor that came out that uh, Jericho basically Jericho and some other vets said that they'll do everything they can to make sure that Punk doesn't come back. Yeah, <laughs> I I agree with that to an extent, but I think if Punk can say like, "Hey, I was wrong. Here's why I was wrong," and and can then you should you should allow it to happen. And, and then, and obviously you don't have to, you don't have to publicize that, but mm-hmm. I think that he would have to earn back people's trust to come back. So, um, I, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on the whole idea of like, it, I would be mad if one of my coworkers had a, uh, had a podcast talking about the inner workings of our company. Yeah. And just did a little shot on basically the, some of the kind of the former or the, yeah. the people who created the company. Sure. Yeah. Um, I didn't listen to it yet. Um, I do have one question before I talk about what I think. Was Conrad on it or was it just as as we talked about in the text or was it just just Axe? Yeah, yeah, it's Conrad. You know, he's and he's kind, kind of shepherding like, uh, it through and oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's doesn't make me want to listen much more. But um <laughs> yeah, I uh, you know, I've gotten used to not having C- not wanting CM Punk back in wrestling compared to previously desperately wanting him back and just kind of waiting for it to, to finally happen that uh, I'm, I'm fine with him not showing up again. Um, I think at this point, just if that's the person he's going to be eventually let that be say, sorry down the road, but we've tried it, we've done it and it didn't work out. So I don't know. Uh, it's, it's so weird to, to be doing this kind of talk about the company that you are working for currently just it, I would never, I don't have the balls to do that, but also I'm not put, I'm not seven star FTR. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's, you know, Dax is, uh, he's an interesting guy. He, he taught, he seems to, uh, he voices his opinion a lot, which I get like you, you have a right to do that if, if that's what you want to do, but it mm-hmm. also just feels like, you know, what um, repercussions to it. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like there's, there's a lot of room for hurt feelings and, and that's, um, that seems to be an issue sometimes in, in AEW. So yeah. Uh, so moving on, um, the got? new set. I think we had, uh, yeah. you know, we so I we had kind of been getting some stuff on the new set over the last few weeks, right? The first few last few episodes of the year, we kind of saw the new Tron setup where there's no tunnels. I love that. I do like that. Um, then they and then they previewed the kind of new color scheme, everything like that. Overall, what are your kind of thoughts on the new set? Uh, I thought it looked sharp. I thought like the everything kind of had like hard edges, kind of just looked sleek. The the colors really pop. Can't really go wrong in wrestling with red and blue. It seems just to to go hand in hand. Um, but I liked it. I I didn't think I was getting sick of the tunnels, but I now seeing this little the one entrance, I'm starting to like quite a bit more. So it's a good change. Uh, everyone's rebranding. It's 2023. So. 
They look good. They did. They did well. Yeah. They're not the Washington Commanders or football team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think they did. They did a good job. I my only issue with it, it's a me problem, one hundred percent. I acknowledge that. Um, I I believe in, you know, undersell, over deliver, mm-hmm. and I felt with the way that they previewed everything that I expected to turn on TBS yesterday and see something completely new that I hadn't seen yet because they even released the new intro. They released like that new, that new color scheme, all of that stuff. And I turned it on. I was like, Oh, so I've already seen all of these things. I'm just now seeing it together. And like I said, that's a me problem. I just wish, I almost wish that I wouldn't have spoiled it for myself and and watched those videos when they came out. Um, so it's like when a movie trailer shows too much of the main plot in the trailer and it's yeah, exactly. I, you I, and, I, and that's a perfect example. I'll never be happy with that with a movie trailer. I'll either be mad that they didn't show me enough to understand what's happening or I'll be mad that they showed me too much. And now I feel like I don't need to see it. Yeah. I, I have, I am, it is impossible to please me in that manner. Uh, and so Sarah, I, you're I a lucky that. girl. <laughs> and, uh, I, I think, I don't even know what I could have really been expecting, like maybe like new barriers, like instead of like the the railings or something like that, oh, or yeah. maybe yeah. some LED uh, corners or something like that. I just don't. Um, it's it is. I, it was I, good. I, I, I so, get what you're saying. I with yeah, you, you showed us everything you're going to do in, in bits and pieces, and then you you put it on yeah. the plate. But it's it's exactly that. Some, sometimes I just want to be surprised, you know, and uh, I, I spoiled it for myself. So, uh, last, last little bit of news. Um, never thought that I would really have a whole lot of news on Kip Sabian on the show, know. but he, uh, is going to be doing a stint in DDT. Is this going to be the first title change at uh, battle of the belts? Potentially. It has the title not changed yet. I don't think it had i don't think one has um he didn't win it at battle unless, of the belts. Ma- when did he win it? unless maybe there was a tnt maybe the first tnt title change oh, might have been maybe that but, kind of sounds right. um but <sighs> yes yeah, so he's gonna be facing orange cassidy for the all-atlantic belt would make sense that he then goes to japan ddt defends the belt there defends the belt in the uk a little bit um i don't really I I liked Kip when he first signed, but now he just looks like a Beetlejuice cosplay and uh, I haven't really understood understood anything about him or why he all of a sudden is like, it feels like he hasn't won anything. Maybe he wins on YouTube shows or something, but it's interesting. I just, I, I have a feeling he's going to win because it makes sense to then have him go defend the all Atlantic title on the other side of the Atlantic. It seems like that's the only story that they've really developed with the orange Cassidy um, title reign other than him just saying, yeah, let's wrestle tomorrow. Um, I, I love the match he had with Trent. So, I mean, I, I guess that'd be, be fine to get the title off orange Cassidy. And then they can continue the, the breakup of the best friends or whatever's going to happen there. And that, that title, that all anic title should be that, that bridging title belt for DDT. Um, if they ever get involved with rev pro or whoever in the UK, just, take it wherever and use whoever's going to go over there in that time to, to hold it. So that, yeah, that works. Yeah. I think it, it, it doesn't hurt to put it on somebody else. Uh, Orange Cassidy at least got a title run. Um, and then that even just kind of reminds me, we didn't even really get a chance to talk about it. Uh, Darby, uh, you know, getting yeah. to see him win the TNT title that I know we kind of talked about it with, you know, Nick Wayne appearing during that match and getting a little bit of an attack from 
Smojo. I just want to shout out that that Uranagi on oh the gosh. on the steel steps. That's... That was brutal. That and, and you also yeah. said it too. And tax, you texted me about like the skateboard. I am so desensitized to chair shots, to kendo sticks, that's to nothing. Tax. Uh, you know, I'll watch someone step on a Lego all day, but <laughs> watching that spot uh, oh. where he hits somebody with the with the the truck of a of a skateboard, skateboard. Ooh. that those are so hard and just like where's it going to go into your back? Like, oh, that's nasty. And even before that, Uranagi, he basically like fell on his ass when he did that front flip uh, senton on Samoa Joe. Oh, off the uh, off the ladder, like, yeah, yeah. Like, man, his fucking body just that's insane. I've never seen someone so determined to stop their own ability, like to walk on their own. Like he yeah. just, he is oh. a human uh, crash test dummy. Crash test dummy for I, sure. I hope, I hope, you know, he, he's manages to stay healthy long enough to, uh, you know, be able to walk and doesn't walk like a hardy when he's mm-hmm. 35. But man, the path that he's going down with some of that stuff is, is crazy. I think Chris mentioned that when he writes his uh, Dynamite article, that'll be in his cringe. We, I know that that's one thing that Chris um, does not care for is, is uh, Darby's um, antics. and uh, yeah. yeah, his antics. Yeah. Um, to take it almost on a, like a lighter note, um, much, much lighter note, um, he can do all of this, but then uh, go back to Monday Night Football, we see the, the, the Buffalo Bills player just take one wrong hit that puts yeah. him like it's it's i'm thankful and i'm amazed that nothing that darby has done has done any sort of bit like that just yeah crazy. yeah which you know you know just to jump in on that i don't know if you saw the most recent update but he he's like he's, a, a, awake opens his eyes responsive move in, can I, write. Think, <laughs> I think the uh it, it speaks to the competitive spirit of somebody that like the first question he asked was who won the game who won the game um, wow. wow you know it, it's it's been uh, really special to watch everybody rally around that and mm-hmm. donating, getting his charity up to, I think it's up to $7 million. Seven, so, yeah. um, you know, the Bills Mafia already is like one of the most generous fan bases in the country. And then I think everybody was, I, I don't even think you have to be a sports fan to have been touched by what's going on. Right. Um, and it's scary. So I, I just, it, it makes you realize, I think Taz actually put out a tweet saying that, you know, wrestlers need to be mindful of that too. when like doing strikes to the chest and, oh, and things yeah. like that. And, uh, it, it's something that you forget that it, it can be, it doesn't have to be some, you know, a you bullet know, through Hart your heart or, yeah, or, yeah. or, or Owen Hart falling, you know, yeah. you know, from a, from a high, you know, harness or whatever. And the show um, to go it could be something as simple. It could be something that looks like an everyday tackle, or an everyday chop or anything like that. So it just kind of speaks volumes to um, not only wrestlers, what they do for their, to their bodies, you know, for our entertainment, but what athletes do. Um, and so, you know, hopefully, hopefully by next week's episode, there'll be some, some positive uh, updates. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but that'll do it for the show this week. Uh, once again, really happy to be back. And, and it felt good to watch wrestling this week after I was, I think just, the same way you get with work at in December, it's like I'm just counting down the days until Christmas break starts. Yep, it's more and of a chore to do it. <laughs> yeah, and that's how it felt, kind of, you know, just because it felt like wrestling was waiting for the new year to start to really kick off anything. So, um, a great, great show last night. Hopefully, that continues. Hopefully, Battle of the Belts actually seems like it matters for some reason this this time. Set your DVRs. 
Yes, thank you. I we talked about it yesterday. And I still didn't do it. Me neither. Uh, <laughs> but please check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling Elitist Podcast, as, long, as well as our website WrestlingElitist.com for our latest match reviews, articles, star ratings. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer on the show, feel free to tweet us, send us a message on the website, DM us on Instagram. DMs are open, baby. Rick Rude, take us home. Hit the music.